This conference will now be recorded. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ann Hartley's Weekly Weather for the week of April 30th to May 7th. The eclipses are here. The eclipses are here. The sky is full of change, and you can really see it, feel it, and it's just wild. And we're moving forward, which is good. But we also are still, we still have another full moon eclipse to go on Friday. And uh, it's going to echo the stuff from November, which is always helpful. But it also brings up a lot of stuff for everybody. Um, this eclipse happens to be on my Venus. So uh, Venus rules my third house of communication. So I've got a little cold, a little snuffle, and <coughs> a little cough. But we're moving forward. So let's talk about the winds of change in your life and where they're taking place because the energy is super strong and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot going on. Um, and uh, off we go. So it's May. It's May, the lusty month of May. We're here. We started May. Uh, and today Pluto stationed to go retrograde. This week you can see there's like five big aspects uh, mainly with Venus, and she's going to enter into Cancer. So Venus is our love goddess. She's also ruling our north node of fate. So when the eclipses are on the north node, it's a full moon. Uh, the sun is in Taurus, the moon is in Scorpio, the full moon eclipse at the end of the week, and we're going to really feel it. And then there are also the other female asteroids are changing signs this week. So there's a lot of shift in the feminine front. So it'll be interesting to see all of us have feminine planets and all of us have masculine planets and all of us have signs that are in feminine signs and signs that are in masculine signs. Uh, positive yang polarity, negative uh, ying polarity, positive negative like batteries. Um, so air and fire, of course, is yang outgoing forward motion. Think of fire. It jumps around and moves. Wind blows around. And then yang, uh, yin feelings are negative polarity, receptive, holding. Um, think battery, you know, little pointy parts, the positive side, the little bottom that goes in is the negative side. And that is earth and water, which both receive, hold, and contain. So we're working with that energy this week as the eclipses take place in earth and water. But there's a lot of planets in fire and air. So it's a really interesting heavens. Uh, of course, we're still dealing with Mercury retrograde in Taurus, and that will go on until next week, the 14th, I believe it shifts out. Um, and then we're still dealing with it. Um, yeah, it shifts on the 14th. And then we leave in shadow May 31st. So you're still having all your ghosts appear, people wanting to talk to you, thinking about people from your past, especially Venusian people people that you loved, people that you lost, people that you care about. And of course, because the North Node is in Taurus, there are a lot of heart energies active, love energies active, or relationships ending, breaking up, shifting and changing. And uh, as we watch those changes take place, we recognize that there's a, there's a story happening. Um, there was an NFL player whose daughter, two years old, just had her second birthday drowned in their pool. It is the south node in Scorpio, accidental drowning, toddler in the pool, she just turned two. Um, you know, it, it's it's understanding this is a time of really big releasing, losses, people leaving, people dying. And because the south node is in Scorpio, we've also had financial things show up. Uh, we're surfacing all these 
Mercury retrograde in Taurus, all these financial things. No, apparently John Roberts, the Supreme Court judge's wife, has been working as a headhunter and she made $10 million in commissions. So placing lawyers at law firms, interesting, you know, and it's just, we're watching, you know, Gorsuch got paid a million dollars for, um, uh, for property in the middle of the woods from a big law firm. So it's, it's kind of, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at corruption surfacing. We're looking at things that we go, wow, that's a financial thing. Uh, if you watched uh, the, the uh, White House press correspondence dinner, Roy Wood Jr. was very funny when he said billionaires, of course, that's a very tourist thing, like to buy things, you know, rockets and whatever. And billionaire bought a Supreme Court justice. He owns half the inventory of black Supreme Court justices. So it was kind of like, well, that's an interesting ways to think about it. So it's really the other thing with the energy in the sky right now with Mercury retrograde is it's making us think about things differently. It's making us reevaluate value. Mercury and Venus are in what we call mutual reception which allows them to change signs, change places, which makes Venus be in Taurus and Mercury be in Gemini. And Mercury in Gemini, he just chats it up. He's just full of all sorts of information. So your job is to go, okay, I'm working with this energy. I'm understanding it. And remember when the heavens dance for us, they're asking us, you know, what is your path? What is your best path? And as they kind of clear things out of our lives with the South Node in Scorpio, it's about understanding that direction, you know? So I was watching my brother-in-law, he's been gardening, right? My sister was mailing me pictures of him gardening and he had this rose bush that he was doing. And he said, oh no, I received it, you know, from friends when my mother died. And I said, oh, did your mother love roses? And he goes, no, my mother didn't love roses. She didn't like to garden actually. Uh, but somebody gave me a rose bush when she died. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then he's planting all this stuff, right? You know, and of course he's got a lot of earth in his chart um, and he's a Scorpio. So reviving his mother's rose bush that had not been doing well. So it's it's it, kind of watch where you're being called, watch where the note, watch where the Taurus is in your chart, watch where the eclipse is gonna be. And the nodes right now are four, right on my Venus. So I had a little, my cousin showed up with a little kitten that lost all of his relatives and his mother, born about 10 days ago. Uh, and I was holding this little guy and he's very feisty little kitten. And I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> I think you might be coming to live with me once you're a little bigger and you're, you're uh, he's not weaned, he's still being bottle fed. So it, it's a very interesting energy. Watch what wants to show up. Little, little Taurus, little guy, little kitten. Uh, on my south node in Scorpio, um, on my Venus in Scorpio on the south node. So watch where the chart, where the eclipse hits, watch where the planets are. This eclipse is really potent. King Charles is getting a job after all these years. He's getting inaugurated or coronated or whatever. And I guess they coronate kings. So today Pluto stationed to go retrograde. It is gonna be going backwards. It's going to go back into Capricorn on June 10th. So we got our trailer, our first glimpse of what the Pluto in Aquarius is gonna be about up until now, up until today at May 1st at uh, 1.08. And now it's going backwards. Notice the Leo rising, notice the Sun Mercury at the top of the chart, Taurus on the mid heaven, Sun there. This is a chart that wants to illuminate and help us see. Look at all those red lines. Lots of discussion, lots of action. Whenever there's red, there's action. Opposition, squares, semi-squares, semi-sextiles, 
um, sesquiquadrates, it's a lot of stuff. Uh, so we watch the red and notice how big the earth bar is. Very much physical and notice how big the fixed bar is. Very much not wanting to change. So Pluto's gonna go retrograde until October 10th when he stations a 27 cap to come back again. So we're not finished with his Capricorn thing. And then next year he's gonna have in the elections, he's like 29, like from October through November 20th. So we have our elections next year with Pluto and Capricorn also. Um, just that last degree. So we're gonna watch now, Biden just declared, uh, you know, so we're gonna watch this next little patch, more so after June 10th, to see what happens. But the energy now is Pluto goes backwards. We got our first taste of Pluto and Aquarius, all the AI stuff that came out, a lot of interesting energy with you know people protesting, whether it was the transgender um, legislature from Missoula, Montana, or the guys in uh, Nashville that got kicked out and came back. It's, it's a very interesting time. So it's also Aquarius is the community and the group. So watching the community and group energy as we are asked to change how we think. And as Pluto stops, we know the five days before, the five days after, big deal. A lot of times with Pluto, we have earthquakes, wars. Right now we have a hot time going on in Sudan. They're evacuating people and they anticipate 800,000 refugees needing to be pulled out because the two warring factions are, you know, warring. Um, so it's, it's an interesting energy. Pay attention for volcanoes, the earthquakes. It's all Pluto as he stationed five days before, five days after. Notice where it lands in your chart. Uh, Pluto retrograde also has two interesting things as it stations. It has a mystic rectangle in it. You can see the mystic rectangle. That's these guys. And the mystic rectangle is a trine, a trine, two sextiles, and then two oppositions. But it also has in it a hard rectangle. And a hard rectangle is two planets in sesquiquadrate to each other and then two planets in semi-square to each other. Notice they share this moon series point here, what we're creating, how we're nurturing, what's going on for the public, the working people, and they also share Neptune as one of their points. And Neptune, of course, is opposite this moon, uh, moon series. That also makes this Pluto station very good for revising habits, routines, and of course, Pluto is involved in the mystic rectangle as it stations. It is a mixed mystic rectangle. Usually they are air and fire, earth and water. And obviously he's gonna go back and you know kind of kick up this stuff. But when he stations in air, it's a little like Prince. Prince had an earth and water, three planets in it were mystic, were earth and water, very creative, very emotional, very feeling. And then he had Pluto and Leo on the midheaven. He was he was called Prince. Um, Leo is the sign of kings. But this mystic rectangle, but this is a calling. So when we have a mystic rectangle form, we have a calling. We're being led someplace. We're being asked to go forward and asked to con, you know create something. And we also have the rec the um, the um, what's your who's he? the hard the hard rectangle involves a Mercury-Sun combust. Now, when Mercury is combust the Sun, it is a very individual thought-driven mind. Whenever Mercury is combust the Sun, the Sun thinks he's completely right about whatever his belief systems are, 
and and it's very firm in it. It's not. It's not. It's also a very brilliant placement when it's that tight because there's when combustion happens, there's an energy of passion involved and an energy of uh, my son and my mind completely agree. So you really want to watch where your son and mind agree, but where they're maybe being challenged by the foundations in your life or being challenged by your belief systems and being challenged by how we, how things go on. And of course, when we look at this chart cast for Washington, the Mercury and the sun are in the ninth house, which is the justice system. And them saying, hey, you know, we're above reproach. We don't have to follow any ethics. But then we hear about Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch and now John Roberts. Um, his wife getting $10 million, pretty good deal, you know, and I'm not, you know, not begrudging her, you know, we live in a capitalist society, but placing all these attorneys at law firms uh, that uh, will argue cases before the federal bench, before the judges, and, you know, she's his wife. So we'll see what happens. This is a story unfolding. And uh, hard rectangles are stresses that when they come to light, we do have to do something about them. And then the mystic rectangle steps in and says, okay, so like, what are you actually going to do? And because the chart is a Leo rising chart is the Pluto stations. I mean, it stations everywhere in the world, right? So, but in DC, it's set up as a Leo rising. So it says, you know, are you above the law? Sun in the ninth house. Can you do what you want? So it's an interesting Pluto station, you know, as we have this energy kind of burbling up during this eclipse. Watch where it happens in your chart. Pluto is now going to go backwards, as I mentioned, until October uh, 10th when he goes direct in Capricorn and he leaves Aquarius on June 10th. So we've gotten a little bit of our sneak preview of the next 20 years. It's not the only thing that's going to happen, but it gives us kind of a forward motion of, of how things are gonna proceed. Next up, Sun and Mercury are conjunct also on Monday. That conjunction happens bright in night at 7.27. I was sitting on my deck watching the sunset, thinking I'm gonna, next thing I'm gonna go do, <coughs> excuse me, is come in and record my weekly weather. Um, so what were you thinking today? What were the thoughts that were working? Because the Mercury uh, Sun conjunction is, a, you know, it happens of course a few times a year. Um, usually when, uh, you know, when Mercury and the Sun meet up, there, there can be inferior or superior conjunctions. This was an inferior, which I like to recall, I like to call a little different. I like to say it's an interior conjunction uh, where you kind of feel like, oh, okay, I'm feeling like uh, I'm really understanding this on an interior level. And so watch what emotions surface for you. Next up, we have, as I mentioned, three of the three of the feminine planets are changing signs this week. Juno is going to enter Gemini. There she, or here's our uh, here's our girl down here entering Gemini. Juno is a lot about partnerships, and when she enters Gemini, she's going to be in Gemini through June 21st, and she's about how we partner. Now, notice Juno is trying to Pluto, right? They're, the two of them are working together. They're in a trine. They're interested in forming new alliances. And Juno also is going to trine in the moon in Libra uh, once the moon goes into Libra tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, May 2nd, or goes into Libra late on Tuesday. So we have this energy of the, uh, the trine of partnerships and relationships with Juno now in Gemini and saying to Pluto, I'm going to partner with you. I kind I of got the idea what we have to do. I've been taking notes. I've been working on it. She was in Taurus. 
and now she's shifting into Gemini, where she's much more chatty, communicative, and of course she answers to that lovely Mercury in Taurus, combust the sun. So the ideas that are coming in as Juno goes into Gemini are genu genuinely good, and partnership offers you should consider. Now, you know, every now and then people get a little crazy on Mercury retrograde. Oh my God, it's Mercury retrograde. You can't do that. You can't. And I had somebody the other day in a reading, and she said, well, my friend told me I can't do anything because it's Mercury retrograde. And I said, well, you have Mercury retrograde in your chart. So actually for you, Mercury retrogrades are really good. And, you know, when we make these pronouncements, oh, my God, you can't do anything as Mercury retrograde. It's like, no, just know it's going to change. It's going to shift. That whatever, whatever you're committing to is going to shift, but it doesn't mean you can't do things. So that's the other part of it. You know, understand you, you can do it. You just want to dot the I's and cross the T's and know that whatever you're committing to may shift once Mercury goes direct, which is going to be May 14th. So don't freak out about Mercury retrograde. You know, people get very crazy about it because they know it, which is good, but it's not a bad thing. And it also can be really positive because it allows you to review. You know how you write a letter and you're really hot and bothered about something and then you let it sit for a little while? Mercury retrograde is like, let it sit, cool down overnight, and then you reread it the next day. You don't send out anything unedited. You know, a friend of mine's uh, son-in-law had bad COVID, very smart young man. And Todd would say to Joanne, can you read my letters? You know, uh, you know, because I, I, I'm, I'm not processing the way I used to. And she would read them and catch errors, which normally were not there. And as his brain returned from, you know, that mushy brain we have with COVID, um, you know, his brain's back. But this Mercury trine Pluto does have a penetrating, penetrating brain, but also Mercury is retrograde combusts the sun. So the plan is good, but it's going to change in function. And you know that happens. You start off going one way and then you get somewhere else, get there and you kind of go, oh, I changed my mind about it. So unless you have an incredibly afflicted Mercury, don't freak out about Mercury retrograde. Just think of it as it wants you to remember, revise, revisit, and think about what needs to happen. So as Juno enters Gemini answering to the Mercury retrograde through June 21st, or I'm sorry, yeah, through June 21st, we're going to have, um, June, yeah, June 21st, we're going to have an opportunity to revisit some of our stories, revisit some of our partnerships, partner in new ways, all to the good. Next up, Pallas Athena, our strategic visionary gal, she enters Leo, and there she is, and she's going to be in Leo until July 10th, 2023. And she's our strategist. And so she's entering. It's a very similar chart to the Pluto station, right? So with the Pluto rising, it was like 17 Leo, Pluto station. And Pallas Athena is legal matters. Now, this is partly why I said uh, I thought Fannie Willis would indict Trump on the eclipse on, you know, on Friday. But, you know, Fannie just came out and said, now it's going to be in the July, August time frame. So, you know, I'm looking at Jack Smith now. <laughs> um, maybe he's going to, he just had Mike Pence show up and testify. How many more people is he listening to? Um, so we'll see. And this, of course, we'll see what this is because Pallas Athena is in Leo where she's in her glory. You know, this is her strategic warrior, visionary leadership energy where she steps up and goes goes into leadership mode and it's behind in the 12th. And we also on the Georgia lawsuit thing, there were 10 defendants, elector, you know, she sent notes. Fannie Willis is a RICO prosecutor. 
and she sent notice of intent to 18 targets, 10 of them being the fake electors that were set up by Georgia. And the lawyer didn't tell them that they had an offer from the prosecution to settle. So she had to go into court and say to the judge, this prosecutor didn't tell them, the lawyer, their lawyer didn't tell them they had an offer and uh, it's against the law. You know, lawyers, are, and, but, but a conflict of interest because the lawyer's representing all 10, but now they all need their own lawyers because this lawyer can't represent the ones that maybe want to take the offer because she knows stuff that can penal, you know, it's like, so anyway, I think that's part of the reason Venus retrograde, not Venus retrograde, Mercury retrograde, we're changing the prosecutors up. So Pallas Athena working behind the scenes there as she's in, as she does this ingress, and this is going to be for anywhere on the East Coast. But I also think Pallas Athena, you know, we're going to see it. And then we see the July 10th date, which is when Fanny said she was going to uh, issue this issue, you know, her subpoenas out or her indictments out. So we watch Pallas Athena as she's leaving cancer into Leo, having to follow the rules and do what's right. Because Leo is, of course, cancer is nurturing, caring and taking care of and being strategic emotionally. But Leo is there's right and there's wrong and we have to do it the right way. So we're gonna feel Pallas Athena step up and go, that's not how I wanted. Now, if you over the last couple of weeks have been having, or actually, well, you know, Pallas Athena's been in cancer, you've been feeling more emotionally, you know, like your strategies aren't really working or your strategies don't really reflect who you are. You know, this is the time when Pallas Athena goes, no, you be you, what's right for you? You're the captain of your own ship, you're the, person in charge of your own destiny. You get to make choices for you. That's why you're here. You're here to build your chart, to do your chart to the best of your ability. Are you doing choices that reflect your heart's path? And so as Pallas Athena shifts on Tuesday, she's going to ask us to go, oh, yeah, what is my heart path? What do I want? And at that point, the moon is here in Libra in a nice trine to the Pluto and the Juno that just are in air. So it's very much a, a chart of, well, what is it I want? And then of course, because it's Mercury retrograde, I may have to change some things because to get what I want, I may have to shift some stuff, which is fine. Venus in Gemini is encouraging you, especially in her mutual reception in, with Mercury, encouraging you to revision, your, revisit, revision, revise, rethink, any RE word, your plans, your thoughts, and give them another way of expressing themselves. Next up, we have Mars sesquiquadrate Saturn. This one's a little tougher. Uh, when we look at Mars, we know that he is very much about how we take action. He is, of course, out of bounds in Cancer. He's in a square to Libra, and he's in a stress aspect to Saturn. So when that happens, we really often find, and you can look at all the red in that chart, a lot of red in that chart. For those of you who are on not on the pod on the listing on the podcast, there's a lot of red in the chart. That's on Wednesday, May 3rd. And so there's a lot of tension, a lot of dynamic tension about how to proceed, what to do. Moon and Mars are in a square. <coughs> Excuse me, Moon is approaching a trine to Neptune, but it's forming a hard aspect to opponent a trine to Venus, but forming a hard aspect to Neptune. And Venus and Neptune are in dancing this week. Again, revealing stuff. Venus is going to be telling us all sorts of things. She's quite the chatty girl with this North Node in Taurus and all these planets in Taurus because they're all going, well, did you know about this? Did you know about that? And you're kind of like, I didn't know about that. I didn't know about this, but now I know about it. Ooh, what am I supposed to do? So watch for the ghosts. And as Mars sesquiquadrate Saturn 
there's a little bit of a, hey, hey, don't, you know, karma. Karma never forgets an address. What's karma coming for you? What's the karma coming for you? So you want to kind of go, ah, yeah, karma never forgets my address. How do I work with that? I'm going to have to work with the consequences of my choices and what I've done. Next up, as I mentioned, we have a couple Venus aspects this week. Venus squares Neptune on Thursday. It is uh, what we call an opening square. And so Venus is going to be in crisis mode and need to take action. That's also a very emotional day. Uh, and that, of course, is the day before the eclipse. And this is a very emotional <laughs> eclipse. Um, remember, we had the reveal on the new moon. And, you know, it showed us stuff. We've been learning a lot of stuff as we're going towards this full moon. And then we're going to have the full moon tomorrow, uh, the 5th of on Friday. But this is a big emotional release. And so a lot of emotions on Thursday. Also, Square Neptune, very much an opportunity to pick up bad habits again. So drug and alcohol, people double down to the rooms. Things are going to be revealed that may be emotionally upsetting. Uh, and, you know, because of the, um, the opposition over here to Ceres and Virgo, you may be real tempted to go play with your former uh, habits. So just be a little careful with this. Mars is approaching a trine to Neptune, but that's not till next week. The squares always make us feel like we have to take action. And we do. Uh, Venus also is sextile to Jupiter. Now that's a nice one, but Jupiter is in a very fiery sign. He's in Aries. So she's, uh, when she, and that happens on Friday morning. Um, Venus is sextile Jupiter. And so she's kind of like, oh, hey, Jupiter, how about if we go do this? And Jupiter's like, what are we doing? Now, remember, Jupiter's starting a new 12-year cycle since December 21st. So think back what you were doing 12 years ago. And Venus is now inviting Jupiter. It's in sextile. And she's saying, hey, you want to go do this? And, of course, she's in charge of the node of fate. And in a couple of weeks, Jupiter's going to come and visit that node of fate, the north node in Taurus. And then he's really going, right now he's in an initiating phase. It's kind of like spring fever. But once he hits that north node, he's very much fertilizing things. So this is a very nice energy for getting, you know, having ideas that you want to fertilize and grow as Venus and Jupiter in a sextile. It also is an emotional clarity moment. Next up, we have the eight pulse lunar eclipse. Now, this is a full moon eclipse because it's happening in the United States at 1.33 p.m. We are not going to see it because um, we're not going to see it. It's not dark out. The, moon, the moon's on the bottom. But 12 hours away over in China, Australia, they're going to see it because we're, that's, where the, that's where the eclipse will be full, we'll, where it will be dark and the moon will go away. Most important to remember about this is the Sun-Uranus conjunction, which is going to happen in a few days. It does not happen this week. It happens next week. But this is echoing, and it also is back at the degree of the eclipse from November 7th, Election Day, when we had the eclipse then. And so now we're, um, now we're going back to November. You'll see things from November coming up from the election that came up then, stuff coming to light, figuring things out. And also because the sun and Uranus are meeting, back then it was a full moon eclipse. Um, it had an energy of, you know, the 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 uh, what you see, the sun was opposite the Uranus and Taurus, 
now the moon, the sun is next to it. So it's a connecting and relating. I did have an eclipse series on YouTube. Feel free to look for it on these eclipses, this season of eclipses. And of course, Prince Charles is getting uh, coronated. I wanted to say inaugurated again, but I corrected myself. Love that Mercury retrograde. He's getting he's getting crowned, and he is born on a full moon eclipse in Scorpio. And uh, this is a full moon eclipse in Taurus. So we watch this full moon. This is the most full moon, uh, the most fertile eclipse of the year, most fertile new moon, full moon of the year. This is the one the Buddha was enlightened on when he was sitting under the Bodhi tree. So watch for enlightenment because this is what this eclipse wants us to do. It wants us to be enlightened and hopefully not in a hard way. It has also got the moon and the sun on a world point, uh, 15 of the fixed. It's two minutes away from 15. And so it's pretty big. This is a big one. And obviously, you know, king getting crowned is a big deal. Uh, you know, Elizabeth had the crown for, what, 75, 76 years. So there's a big shift there, but also there's a real awareness, a real awakening with this eclipse. It includes um, a lot of energy about sudden advancement in the chart cast for uh, Washington. It also has a lot of energy about working on your passions, feeling very passionate about stuff, and interestingly, marriage. Uh, so we'll watch for some interesting partnerships that take place. And uh, Pallas Athena is on the part of nobility and honor which is we're going to watch, and of course she just changed, Pallas Athena just went into Leo, so she's acting in an honorable way. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. The thick stars, nothing particularly jumped out at me, except for Juno parallel Regulus, which is partnering to marriage to the queen, marriage to the king, so I guess we're having, you know, uh, Camilla's getting promoted too, <laughs> and Venus on the North Star, Venus on Polaris. So there's an energy here of really finding your own, thinking about your own North Star. And of course, I encourage you to look up these other guys. We also have uh, Mercury on Hygieia offering an opportunity for a healing and Mercury on Vesta offering us an opportunity to adjust our home. We have Saturn on Terpsichore. That's not a good one. That usually means a musician is going to croak Saturn on Terpsichore. So we'll see who leaves because Terpsichore is a musical and Saturn is the end of a music. And we did have, um, uh, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank on it, but the guy that was visiting the White House singing Bye Bye American Pie, <laughs> drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And I was like, wow, okay. So, you know, Terpsichore, um, the day the music died, right? A uh, lot of energy around fate with Uranus Antisiphon. She's one of the Furies, one of the fates. They got they got a new job after they were so mad. But so we do see fated energies happening here. Um, so we'll watch for that. Uh, Ceres stations to go direct. Um, so Ceres has been retrograde. She's been the only planet retrograde and uh, of, of the biggies. And now she's stationing to go direct on May 6th. And when she does that, we're going to see her kind of move forward in terms of, you know, new uh, new directions and what she wants to do. And um, so she's moving forward. She's stationing direct at 23 Angular in May, on May chart. And, and Virgo is uh, people, farmers, children, workers, civil workers. So with Virgo prominent as series stations on the, uh, on the angle in the chart for DC, We'll see what that meant, what that means, but we're going to watch for women, you know, nurturing women or some kind of women. I mean, there's a lot of women changing roles, so it's very possible Diane Feinstein will step down. 
Uh, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of energy with the feminine energies being adjusted. Um, we also have Venus entering Cancer, which happens on May 7th, on Sunday, May 7th, and that is uh, a new sign for Venus. She's been in Gemini, and now she's going to be in Cancer, and uh, leaving behind her mutual reception with Mercury, but moving into a place where she feels, you know, pretty good. Uh, next up, we're going to look at the Sun. The Sun runs from 11 Taurus to 17 Taurus this week aspecting we've covered the major ones he has, sun doesn't have a lot of aspects except for the full moon um uh mercury is running from 14 to 7 48 retrograde or from i'm sorry from 11 almost 12 to 7 go remember mercury's going backwards uh venus is running from 23 gemini to zero cancer so she's shifting and she will be in cancer until june 5th of this year uh, Mars is not moving far. He gets up to 22.45 of uh, Cancer. And Jupiter gets to 27.56 of Aries. Not again. Those guys don't move that quick. And Saturn gets to 5.50 of Pisces. Um, and Pluto is basically parked at zero. In terms of our moons this week, and I did cover most everybody's aspects. I missed uh, Venus Quincunx Pluto right after she goes into cancer. She has a little argument with Pluto late Sunday at 610 Sunday night, um, East Coast time. But but Venus is very active this week. And of course, she rules the note of fate. So that means a lot of changes in our fate as she's popping around up there in the sky, causing all sorts of shifts happening. So this week um, in May, we are uh, May 7th. Um, okay, so we start the week. The moon is in Virgo Sunday, Monday, and it goes void at 5, uh, 7.53 on Monday night today. Then it enters Libra tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning at 2.09 a.m. It'll be in, and it went void with a nice aspect today of an opposition to Neptune. Uh, it enters Libra at 2.09 a.m. on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday going void at 5.17 in the morning with an opposition to Jupiter. Now, we don't generally dislike Jupiter. Um, we don't generally dislike Jupiter, but, uh, you know, because aspects to him tend to be, but they tend to be a little bigger. And they tend to be a little more intense. And because we're in this eclipse season, it seems pretty wild. I'm not loving that as a last aspect. Moon is void uh, from 517 in the morning, which means Tuesday and Wednesday. The aspects are good, but they're a little more challenging. Um, 1035, 1032 rather in the morning on a.m. on the 4th, moon goes into Scorpio. It'll be in Scorpio Thursday, Friday. Uh, the full moon is at 1456. The, it is also Cinco de Mayo. And the full moon takes place at 1.34 in the afternoon. And then the moon goes void on Saturday morning at 6, at 10.38 a.m. And it goes void with a trine to Neptune, which is generally positive. It's got a flowing energy to it, but it is a Scorpio moon and it is an eclipse. So it means you flow right out of here or you flow into a new state. And then the moon goes in, the moon's void all day. Saturday goes into Sagittarius, 4.04 p.m. It'll be in Sag. Uh, the 6th, the 7th, and the 8th, 
and it goes void at 4.28 p.m. on Monday the 8th, and it goes void with a trine to Jupiter in Aries. So that's a that's got a nice energy to it. Um, so there's an intensity, a passion, and kind of a forward motion. So the moons are pretty good. The intense moons this week are Monday, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? It's the, it's the, and Sunday. <laughs> so the back end of the week, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is when the eclipse is. And it's just a lot of emotions flying around with eclipses. So hopefully it won't be hard on your world, but you know, stay tuned, pay attention. Remember to tell the people you love, you love them. And remember it's transits, it will go away. So that's always helpful. They will transition away. So your job is to go, okay, that's a transit. Let me work with it, but let me give it, give it its propers. There's very little air in the sky. Uh, so with that in mind, it can feel hard to express your feelings emotionally with words. So you may find dance, singing, talking, all those things can help. Taking a lot of baths and showers, going out for walks, getting a massage, things that are not verbal, right? Because there is not a lot of air to express. Very feeling back end of the week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we have a new moon webinar. Um, in May, it'll be on probably the 16th instead of the 17th because I have something that just came up on the 17th. Uh, we have a couple of stars available for you to sign up for. People like it. I send them a daily update, about 10 minutes, 8 to 10 minutes, and with a song of the day and also with a, um, a list of the aspects. Uh, the Intentions webinar is out there. Uh, the next conference I'm going to be speaking at is in Norwalk. I'm doing a lecture on uh, horary astrology on the Monday following the conference. It's a in-person and hybrid sign up. It's the 39th conference. Laura Nabaldian does a great job. And then I'm doing astrology consciousness and the great shift, which will take place in Omega on June 30th through July 2nd. You can sign up on eomega.org. Um, so it's uh, it'll be fun. It's with Rachel Lang, Maurice Fernandez, Lynn Bell, and of course, Rick Levine. Off we go. So wishing you a great week. And remember, the eclipses are here. The eclipses are here. Uh, and they, they happen on Friday. So this is a rocking week. And then we wait. We have to go two more weeks until we get to the next new moon on um, the new moon that happens on uh, the 19th of May. So we're, we're in eclipse season. It's not just this one little patch. So have a good one. Be careful out there. It's a little wild. And uh, it'll be okay. We're almost through it. We're halfway through it. Bye.